Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Hey, welcome everybody. Thanks a lot for joining us again. It's another episode of Dr. Homebrew, our second contractual obligation for the month of April here on the Brewing Network. And uh, we're at home. We're locked down. We're, uh, we're, we're quarantined. We're, I don't know what we're doing. We're sheltering in place. I mean, I, I am. I know you guys aren't. You guys are still working and, and uh, you know, living life. But I'm here uh, hunched over in a, huddled in a blanket uh, for most of the we're- day. We're sipping in place, man. <laughs> sipping in place. God, get yeah. out of here with that. I wish I had a um, an individual channel just to mute you specifically, Cooper, after that comment. Uh, but uh, um, We didn't choose the corona life. The corona life chose us. That's right. That's right. Um, before we get into the beers, of course, I do want to thank our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn about all of them. Uh, as Brian Cooper was saying on the last show, there's a ton more people homebrewing. People are getting back into homebrewing because of this specific shelter-in-place kind of thing going on. <clears throat> Hopefully, those people know about Five Star Chemicals. And if you know one of those people and they don't know about Five Star, just actually just make sure that they're using Five Star because that is the best. You want the best for your homies? Look, excuse me, we can't hug and kiss our homies goodnight anymore. The least that, the least that we can do is make sure that their beards are clean and their carboys are sanitary. And the only way to do that, the best way... Five star chemicals. Yeah, you use your bleach to clean the toilets, Matt. Friends don't let friends use bleach to sanitize. That's right. <laughs> That's right. I wonder yeah. if I wonder if PBW kills or, or Star Sand kills coronavirus. Not that I want to make any FDA unapproved claims here on the program. Yeah, I don't think it does. I believe that I saw something from Five Star specifically saying that it does not. Interesting. Yeah, I know. Just the the chemical. I don't know. I don't know pretend to know anything well they probably just can't say that it's guaranteed to do it then Mm. because then people would use it for that and not do it right exactly whatever it's also the virus has got like a lipid shell right so it's got to have like a cleaner that breaks up the lipid which is why soap is so effective right exactly yeah 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 breaks the fat down so maybe pbw uh but i don't know email them ask them i have no idea Mm. um that would be cool soap is yeah, soap is your friend, and it's readily available. Exactly. So go for that. Yeah. But you, yeah, Star Sand and PBW to clean your your brewing shit, and I'm I'm glad to see the hobby having a little resurgence. And it's, you know, I think maybe it was declining a little bit for a while, but now I hear of so many people at home. It's like, man, I brewed so many batches this month. It's just great. Mm. Yeah, it is weird, like man. And yeah. and like, I I sort of like I said in the last show, I I sort of want to brew again. But then I sort of don't. And really the only thing I hate about brewing is all the, I mean, everything is all the cleaning and the kegging afterwards. That's where I'm at right now. It's, you know, if I yeah. could just brew and then have somebody else do all of that for me, I would love doing that. But yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Well, this Saturday is uh, big brew day. And my club, the Mad Symergist is doing, joining in the virtual big brew day event. Uh, there's nice. Like, eight or 10 of us that are brewing batches 
we're going to go on the gram, uh, do a little IG live and, and, uh, everybody just kind of, you know, show a little bit of their brew session of the day. I'm going to, I'm going to brew, uh, I think I'm going to do an American strong ale, uh, one of my arrogant brews and just, uh, of course you want do something on the Pico, but yeah, because it, why not, busy. why not do something super strong for the summertime? Hmm. Well, yeah, it'll be, yeah. <laughs> Some kick your own ass ale. There you go. Yeah, kick your own ass ale. You can have a whole. Jimmy. You can have a whole line of that where it's like, uh, pinch your own cheek lightly, golden, uh, you know, <laughs> like uh, cream ale or something like that. Yeah. You know, hug yourself gently to sleep, mild. Six, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know what I mean. You could do that. Anyway, do you want to get uh, Keith on the line? Let's get Keith. Yeah, let's get Keith. Probably should have done our first break, but <clears throat> I don't know, man. Who I'm needs at, a break? I'm at home and I'm all like distracted and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. Keith, are you there? Hey, hey. What's yeah. going on, What's dude? Up? Hey, long time no talk, bro. Yeah, <laughs> no, I miss you so much. Oh, that's cool, man. I appreciate that. We missed you. Yeah. <sighs> we'll edit all this out, so don't worry. But you can say whatever you want and nobody else will know. So, Brian, was your bottle of Wee Heavy as big as mine? Look at this thing. You guys got Did big bottles? Bomber? I got a 22-ounce oh. bomber of Wee Heavy, dude. Oh, damn, bro. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I commit to the Wee Heavy. Later. It's <laughs> sipping tonight. Here we go. Yeah, Keith is like, yeah, I made a Wee Heavy, and I want to get rid of it, so I gave you more <laughs> than I normally would. Uh, I'm yeah. drinking a, a Kolsch from Crooked Lane. Oh, wow. Since, oh, I, yeah. since I don't have, uh, you know, don't have... Keith's wee heavy. So well, I'm usually, uh, yeah, I'm usually getting a beer at the bar at the Hop Grenade, but instead I brought a can of uh, Maui Wowie from Altamont Beerworks in Livermore. There you go. Yeah, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm sipping that. I was, I'd like to have variety, but uh, you like looking forward variety. to tasting Keith's beer here. Yeah, me too. Oh wait, I look forward to hearing about it. Keith, have you ever made a wee heavy before? It's not a style most people yeah. do. Yeah. So uh, this is actually the the style I've made the most of. Oh wow. The most frequently I've made this like. Six wow. times at this point, and you wow. know, in two years, as I said, the previous podcast that I mean, it's definitely more than I think I made most styles once, but this one I've been trying to just nail out because I mean, a good wee heavy goes a long way, I think. <laughs> That's true, mm-hmm. I agree, For man. Sure. Definitely agree. Uh, all right, Cooper, you want to start this one off? Yeah, all right, be happy too. Let's go. For um, it. I just poured it. I uh, had a nice hiss when it was opened. Uh, when I first judged it, it was on the, a little bit on the colder side. It had warmed up a little bit. Uh, had a good fill level and uh, nice to get that bomber bottle. Thank you. Um, in the nose, there's a nice pleasant maltiness with a, a, a moderate dark caramel up front. And um, I'm getting a, a bit of kind of sweet tobacco and hints of fig. No hop, uh, no diacetyl. Low fruity esters kind of out of the way. That's that's good for the style. It's really clean and inviting. I, I like the nose a lot. Um, Appearance-wise, it's a medium-rich uh, copper color with a creamy, light tan-colored head. The head's really nice looking, just super creamy and dense. and um, It's actually kind of big. <laughs> um, you know, it seems like, well, boy, yeah, that's uh, – uh, it's it's just sticks around uh, uh, pretty nicely, too. Um, and it does have some, some, some reddish highlights when you hold it up to the light. Um, it's a really pretty beer. I actually gave it three out of three for appearance. 
Um, the clarity is fair. It's not brilliantly clear, but that's fine. Uh, Flavor-wise, you're getting a very pleasant, rich maltiness with heavy caramel, uh, heavy caramel component in there. Uh, low bitterness, as expected, with a faint earthy hop only, just a little bit of hop, you know, hint of some hop in there. Um, clean, lower temp ale fermentation, um, very strongly balanced to the malt. The alcohol is, I would say, medium level, but smooth. Um, again, I'm getting plum and fig and uh, some nice malt-derived fruitiness here. I really like the, uh, the malt character. And um, it's not super, you know, it doesn't have like a, a, a super sherry-like or anything like that, like you would have in an old ale. It's just clean, rich, caramelly maltiness. And, and that's right where I want that to be. It's, it's nice. Um, no DMS or acetaldehyde or, or, or diacetyl. It's nice and clean. So well, well done on the fermentation. Um, Mouthfeel-wise, it's a medium full-bodied, uh, maybe even bordering on full. The carbonation is, I would say, medium high, which was a little surprising. It's just a maybe a bit too high, and and sometimes like like I said on an earlier beer, that certain entrant put in here, like it's sometimes it's hard to have a beer be, you know, more more likely a beer is going to be under carbonated in a competition than. Um, over carbonated. I wouldn't necessarily say this is over carbonated to, uh, extremely, uh, but you know, it's, it's a nice job keeping that that CO two in the in the bottle and, uh, and and getting it in a way that maybe it's bottle condition. I don't know. We'll ask you about that later. Uh, you could let us know. But um, yeah, man, um, it's uh, you know the, when it was colder, it got a little bit of a bite from that too, from the just the CO two. Uh, but as it uh, as it warms and you kind of let it sit a while and it's a little bit warmer now, uh, you get kind of a slightly velvety character in the mouthfeel, which I really like. So, um, you know, overall, this is a very uh, pleasant wee heavy uh, with, with, with a lot of the uh, declared style elements. Uh, the CO2 is just a bit high for, for the style, but not, not too much. I would dial that back just a touch and that'll help remove. Um, that minor bite that I had when it was when it was first cold. Um, you know, the alcohol is warming; it's it's going down, but it's not too much. It's it's smooth, and um, you know, I really like this this beer. I think I probably bump it up a point or two from what I had earlier. I'm going to go to a I'm going to go to a 38 on the final score. Oh, I think it's a wow. It's an excellent that puts it in excellent territory. So it is a really um, a really nice job with the beer. I'm wondering. I'd like to know how old it is because it's, you know, it's not um, not getting any bad oxidative qualities to it. Uh, but also if it's fresh, like, wow, how did you get it so smooth? What did you do to brew this? So we'll be really interested to get your uh, your your recipe and, and, and your process on this one. Thank you. Nice. All right, Char. Okay. So I really liked uh, this one, uh, this one also. Um, but the um, aroma, uh, as you would expect, when I judged this uh, about an hour and a half, two hours ago, uh, it was cooler and it didn't have as much aroma. The aroma has definitely gotten a little bigger. And I should go up a point or two on that. Uh, the aroma is primarily malty, as you would expect. Uh, when I initially poured this, it was kind of right out of the fridge. So it had less aroma than I had expected. But still, it was a nice aroma, uh, low caramel, low smokiness. 
and I'll not smoke like uh, like a Rauch beer or something. It's maybe like a hint of some, uh, uh, you know, just a little just a little smokiness there. Uh, very low uh, alcohol sweetness. Uh, no off aromas. Uh, no hop aromas. I got what was kind of weird is I don't get it now, but earlier I got like a very low level of cardboard, which I didn't get in the flavor. So I just kind of discarded that uh, uh, sensory input. I wrote it down, but I didn't score anything based on that because uh, it was kind of anomalous. Weird. If, if you smell a little bit of that and don't taste it, to me, it's not oxidation and it's not a, not a problem. So gave it eight out of 12 for aroma. Uh, appearance, three out of three. It's crystal clear. Uh, the head is large, uh, rapidly collapses, but persists. Uh, color is kind of a medium to dark brown, uh, very nice. Uh, flavor is initially malt dominated. Uh, I get some light caramel notes. Uh, as it warms up, I actually get a little bit of maple syrup type uh, quality. It's certainly not like drinking maple syrup or anything, but I get like a little hint of something in that, that direction of, of flavor, kind of a, a maple syrup character. Uh, get a little low ethanol sweetness. It's not harsh. You you kind of need that in a beer like this. And uh, again, that's it's well done. Uh, it's the challenge is always to get the alcohol in, uh, alcohol flavor in without it tasting hot or or unpleasant. Uh, Mid palate is balanced between the malt on the one hand, and then kind of a low hot bitterness and alcohol on the other. Uh, so the balance it's kind of an interesting balance, but it works really well to me. Uh, I get no hop flavor at all, which is to style. Uh, extremely well attenuated. I'd be curious later on if you took OG and FG readings because it is a very well attenuated beer. Uh, finish is balanced and very long. Then don't get the cardboard character in the flavor. Uh, 15 out of 20. Uh, Mouthfeel, 5 out of 5. Definitely get warming uh, on this beer. Uh, medium full body. I get... I thought the carbonation was maybe not as, as strong as Brian did. I think like a medium carb, uh, creamy, no astringency, uh, overall impression. It's a really well-made beer. Uh, it's extremely well fermented. The ethanol is very clean. Uh, I think maybe I want to, if anything, I might want a little more complexity, but that's going to come with age. Uh, and I was going to give some feedback about taking like a half a gallon or a gallon or something, uh, depending on your batch size, and boiling that down to like reducing that to almost a syrup and putting that back in your wort. Uh, but as it warms up, I think you may have done something like that because I'm getting more complexity as it, as it warms up. Uh, I gave it 39 out of 50. And frankly, I could easily go to like a 40 or 40. I think, and, and be, be happy with that that score. So very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm finding points too that I, you know, I initially had <laughs> like a 37. I'm finding points here that that uh, wow that it probably d- deserves as well. So yeah, this is probably around a 40 point we heavy. It's really nice. Agreed. Wow. Well, Keith, it, uh, apparently it pays to uh, deliver 22 ounces of beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they got halfway through it before they realized it was good, right? They were too lit to think otherwise. That's right. It's very smart of you to uh, fortify it with Tito's vodka. It's good. Uh... <laughs> now, um, why don't you uh, toss us your recipe for this guy, and then we'll get into the little comment section here. 
Okay, so for this beer, it was actually uh, from a work share that I was participating in that ended up getting canceled as well, just like the conversation I was talking about earlier. So uh, I've got a bucket of uh, six gallons of wort that was 100% two-row, and the gravity was 1057. So that's what base beer I had to work with, and otherwise we just could have done whatever afterwards. Hmm. Um, 12 ounces of Crystal 40, 12 ounces of Crystal 60, Eight ounces of roasted barley and four ounces of smoked malt, uh, cherry wood smoked malt, actually. Um, and I steeped those at mash temp for 30 minutes. And then I thought it was too weak, personally, so I added a uh, pale LME when it approached boil. I added a canister of it, the Munton's 3.3 pounds. Um and then for the hops, I did an ounce of EKG at 60, an ounce of the same at 5. Also, World Flock, half a tablet at 15. And then Edinburgh Ale East, uh, two vials hmm. of that. That's yeah, interesting. I did uh, a smoky character. And then on top of that, there's a little bit, I mean, just four ounces of the smoked malt. That's maybe that trace smokiness that I got was coming from. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to comment on. That's a neat little trick. Uh, it's maybe not a traditional ingredient. You know, um, we heavy at the, the the smoke is going to come from more from roasted grains or uh, or from the boil. But uh, you know, the um, yeah, that, that it, it doesn't overpower it at all. And and that uh, 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 cherry wood smoke malt can be pretty intense. So yeah, definitely. the way you used it, whatever you steeped that, I would you know that's that's great. That little trick worked. <laughs> Nice. I love it. Um, Keith, do you have any questions for the guys based on their feedback? Yeah. So, uh, like I said before, I've made this six times and I don't really know exactly where to go with it now. Like I, I'm trying to definitely improve it, like definitely make it more of a upper tier, upper scored, uh, beer. And is there a direction that y'all might bring it that would maybe give that to me? Cause that's, yeah. Aside from aging longer, like Char said, and uh, reducing the work. Um, wait, so actually about the reducing the work thing that uh, Mr. Char said. So would you do that before fermentation, or would that be like a? No, that's post? that's before that's that's before fermentation. I'll give you kind of how I, I I do that, and I, I I love this style of beer, and I'm really glad you shared that. And by the way, I'm not there. Mr. Char is my dad. Uh, <laughs> wow, what do you work uh, for Disney, bro? Star Esquire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just that guy. Uh, so what, what, I, what, I, what I'll do when I make a wee heavy, or at least I did before I got rid of my big system and got the Pico Z, uh, is I would I would run off the wort from my uh, mash tun into my kettle, and I would start heating the kettle like a minute or so before I started running that off. So that wort would hit the bottom of that kettle and it, the bottom of that kettle would be really hot. So it'd start almost caramelizing. Uh, and then I'd run out maybe just by kind of just play it by eye. And I'd run out maybe a gallon, I had a 10 gallon system. And I'd run out maybe a gallon of wort. And then I would just boil the hell out of that and get it down to a, a again, just kind of buy, I just eyeball it. I'd get it down to the point where I'd reduced it by like 70%. Uh, you know, three quarters, something like that. Because uh, what you've done when you do that is you've created uh, unfermentable sugars. 
and you think, oh, God, unfermentables, that's just going to screw up my attenuation, whatever. Well, what, what it does, it gives you a little more complexity because you take that little bit of uh, portion of your word, doesn't have to be a lot, and those unfermentable long-chain sugars will stay in and give you some additional flavor that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And that's kind of the point of doing that. Uh, mm-hmm. does, does that make sense from a process standpoint? Yeah, so it would add more of a richness to it. That, I yeah. mean, because you definitely want that uh, caramelly malty richness for the style in particular as well. Right. So that would exactly. probably, yeah, no, I, I understand that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, concentrating and boiling is a good trick for that too, for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Any other comments, questions on either side? None for here. Well, okay. Uh, oh, what yes. about your your water? Oh, there we go. I knew there oh, was yeah. one. So the, the water, like I, I mean, I didn't want to screw up with the water too much yeah. um, since it was for the wort share. I didn't want to add another step for them to need to worry about and then get docked from the uh, eliminated from the contest just from that alone. So. I didn't mess with the water. I assume they use uh, local Ashland, Virginia water. So probably just filtered or something. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, the the you know the hop the restraint in the hops is pretty pretty nice. Uh, you don't want this to turn into if it gets too hoppy, they just don't taste right. It's just a right here like caramel malt bomb, and and I like the richness in that. What inspired the name? I see it's called uh, Freshman Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, is, it, is it going to give me uh, weight gain? Because <laughs> you, you just gained a wee uh, amount of pounds. A cl- uh, it's a clever thing I just threw out there. Yeah. So, yeah. Because it, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. It's, we get it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> we don't have, we don't want to put you on the spot and make you say it. But, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure how to, which direction to paddle at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, just in a circle, dude, that works for me. It's fine. And, well, you know, you get, you get eventually somewhere. Um, okay. Well, hey, if that's it, man, we'll let you go. No, nah, I think I'm good on my end. Cool. All right, Keith. Thanks, cool. man. I appreciate yeah, that's it. That's a All really right. nice beer. Thank you for sharing it. Yeah, definitely. Thank, Thank you. you. Awesome. All right. We'll talk to you, man. Thanks. All right, good stuff. Again, another beer that I don't have, which sucks. I know. But I think on the next shows that we do in May, I think I do have those beers. So I'm excited for that. Uh-huh. Then I can drink okay. along with you guys. Because otherwise, it's sort of one-sided, and I'm just I'm drinking my Kolsch, which apparently uh, won the bronze in the GABF in 2018, just so you guys know. Wow. Um, nice. So I'm not drinking terrible beer, but, you know, I like drinking beers. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Um, Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come right back, and we're going to talk to Nate. With a who's going to the bathroom? I know. So what the hell? Uh, I was I was dumping out my beer into a uh huh into a urinal. I get it. My hydro my hydro flask. Uh, uh, no, I'm just what I've got here. Yeah, um, I shelter in place, not urinate in place. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, pee- I didn't piss myself. I just dumped my beer out into my lap on accident. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back. It's Doctor Homebrew. Thanks for hanging out. Stay with us. Ma'am, I'll need to take your top off for this examination. Oh, doctor. All right, thanks for sticking around, everybody. Before we get to Nate and his Katarina Sour, 
I want to remind you guys about the folks at Duke Cannon. They have a great body wash called Thick High Viscosity Body Wash. I personally use it. I have bottle. Actually, to be completely honest with you, um, all of my personal grooming liquids are Duke Cannon. I use nothing else. I have Duke Cannon shampoo. I have Duke Cannon body wash. Um, I have Duke. I have two Duke Cannon body washes. As a matter of fact, I have Duke Cannon's bar soaps. I have two two of those. I'm holding up three fingers because I'm stupid. Um, all of my shower cleaning stuff is Duke Cannon. It smells great. It works great. I uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. But they're nine bucks a piece, or you can buy all four for thirty. Uh, you have scents that range from clean citrus profiles to fresh water and bergamot to tobacco to peppermint pine and eucalyptus, uh, which is called productivity, which is what I have. Um, it's good mm-hmm. stuff. So please check them out. They support the show and they want to support you smelling good and cleaning, clean your damn skin. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, so go to DukeCannon.com, use promo code BREWING for 15% off your entire order, which is no joke, especially if you know we're, we're locked down here, we can't get to the store, we don't want to spend a whole lot of time at the store right now. So order as much stuff as you can from other different places, especially if they're friends of the show like Duke Cannon are. So um, yeah. check them out, bring them in, and you get free shipping with orders over 35 bucks. And they have so much more than just the body wash. Trust me, they have a lot of cool stuff. You can send stuff as gifts. So you know you have a smelly uncle or a stinky cousin, just send them, send them a bunch of soaps. And then that way, hopefully they'll get used to smelling good by the time you get to hug them, kiss them again. You know what I mean? I kiss my cousins, and I hug. It looks them. like uh, looks like they make uh, beard balms too. I might I might have to try some of that. They make a ton of stuff, man. Yeah, they're good. They're good people. They support us. All the stuff's made in the U.S. too, so that's that's good for everybody involved. Uh, DukeCannon.com promo code Brewing, fifteen percent off. There you go. All cool. right, let me yeah. get uh, Nate back on the line. Brian, uh, go ahead. I don't know. I just uh, oh, I was excited. I saw a bourbon, <laughs> uh, big bourbon beard balm made with Buffalo Trace bourbon. Oh, on, nice. On Duke Cannon. I have yeah. that. Um, they call it the Solid Cologne, which mm-hmm. is made with, uh, I want to say Buffalo Trace. Um, they just say bourbon, I think is what it is. I mean, that's just so, if you want to reel a man in, like, you know, grab him with booze, you know, just, mm-hmm. that's right. here's, here's our products. They have booze in them. <laughs> Basically, they smell man. great. Well, and yeah, you walk around and smelling like booze. You know what? Honestly, I I use the solid cologne as sort of like I just rub it on my on my you know beard a little bit too because it's yeah. you know it's 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 easier to put on that way. I put a little bit on the neck, and then you know kind of on the beard, and it does a two in one format. But I bet the the beard balm is is a little bit better specifically for that. Nate, are you there? I'm here. Thanks. Hey, what's going on, hey. man? Good to talk to you again. Yeah, good to talk to you guys. So we're uh, going to be drinking, and I say we, not me, um, drinking a Katarina Sour with passion fruit. Is this a, 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 a relatively new project for you, or is this something you've done before? No, this is brand new for me, doing a sour beer. And there's a competition here that's supposed to happen in April that didn't happen because of COVID. So yeah, made a couple of um, batches of beer and, and made a six-gallon split into two batches. So... This is the passion fruit side of that. Okay. What's the other yeah. one? I did a cranberry on the other half of it. Oh, okay. How'd that come out? 
Um, I think they both came out pretty good. Um, the cranberry probably a little better than this one, but um, yeah, you guys will tell me that, I guess. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, Char, you're up, man. All right. You know, uh, one of the things I love about doing this show is I get a chance to drink beer. I'd never have a chance to drink otherwise. And this is like the second or third Katerina Sour I've ever had. And all of them have been homebrews, and they've all been through Dr. Homebrew. So uh, I guess I have some familiarity with the style now. It's uh, really kind of cool. Uh, I like this beer a lot. Uh, aroma, uh, really super, super fruity aroma. Uh, I get almost like a guava character from it. You know, I'm not like super familiar with passion fruit, but I, I got like a guava character to this, which is really tasty. Uh, the fruit is at, uh, in fact, our local uh, brewery, Del Cielo here in Martinez, does a kettle sour called Guava Dreams uh, uh, that's actually really good. Uh, and this reminded me a little bit of the one that I get just down here at the brewery. Uh, the fruit... Uh, Fruit is very high level. It, it dominates the aroma. I do get a very low uh, malt aroma. Uh, no lactic or really uh, uh, sour aromas, but still, this is supposed to be a very fruit-forward beer, uh, and it is. So I gave this 8 out of 12 for aroma. Appearance, 3 out of 3. Uh, it's crystal clear. Uh, the low head uh, is very, very persistent. Uh, color is golden. Uh, flavor. Uh, initially, it's dominated by fruit at a very high level, just like the, the aroma. Uh, in mid-palate, there's sort of some lactic sour that comes up at a low level to balance. Uh, and I also get a little bit of Brett-type funk uh, that's also present. And I, It was a couple hours ago. And if I come back to that, I still get a little bit of that, but not nearly. I think whatever I was tasting, it's not as... I'm not really getting the Brett funk now that I was uh, earlier. Uh, and it's interesting. The lactic is really funny. Uh, my, my, when this was colder about two hours ago, I didn't think it was that lactic. Uh, and now I really like the lactic level. I think it's really good. Uh, it's not rip your, your, your enamel off your teeth uh, sour, but it's definitely present. And it's a, it's a nice counterbalance to the, the fruit. Uh, Get no hot bitterness or flavor, which is to be which is okay for style. Uh, very well attenuated. Uh, even when it was colder, I thought the lactic uh, sort of dominates the the far finish. This beer's got quite a finish. I mean, a good half minute after you take a sip, there's still something that you're tasting in in your mouth, and it's it's really good. So I gave I gave it a fourteen. I'd be inclined to come up a couple of points because I gave uh, I that's the difference between having the sort of Brett funk that really shouldn't be there uh, that I kind of got before that I really don't get now. So I'd come up to probably a 16 at this point. Uh, Mouthfeel, uh, body is medium low. Uh, carbonation is also kind of medium low. Uh, carbonation I thought was a little low for the style. Uh, this is kind of a Berliner Weiss-esque beer. And my perception of the carbonation was it might could be a little more effervescent. I'm not always good at, at detecting carbonation, though. I'd be curious about Brian's opinion. Uh, I don't get any warming, which is fine. Uh, it's perky rather than creamy, not astringent. Uh, give it four out of five. Uh, overall impression, uh, I really liked the uh, uh, the fruit character of the beer. Uh, 
I thought there was perhaps, uh, uh, you know, my comments and the overall impression had to do with sort of a Brett funkiness that I'm just not really getting now. Uh, so I, would, I, I gave this uh, overall impression, I'd give it a seven for a total of 36. I would come up to probably more like a 39 on this one. Uh, I think it's, it's really well done. Uh, I'll, I'll be curious about your process and your technique. Uh, if this is a kettle sour, I mean, typically I'm not a big fan of kettle souring, but if you did that, man, this thing is just perfect. And it's a, 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 a golden uh, example of what uh, a kettle sour could be. So very well done. Wow. Really nice. liked it. Uh, and I will finish this bottle uh, after the, after the show. So, Brian. <laughs> All right, Cooper. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, just so in, in case people ever have confusion about what to call us, you can just call me Brian one. Cause I was here first. Uh, was there ever any other Brian's on the brewing network that before me? Uh, no, but it's weird because before we started the show, you wanted me to call you Supreme leader. And I don't, I don't know where the, the switch came Supreme from. Supreme leader. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Beloved you know, leader also works. You know, what's also funny is that my, my partner's uh, best friend is named Brian. So she will call him Brian one and me, Brian, too, because <laughs> he was there first. So I'm so like number two in every wow. aspect of my life. That's okay. Wow. Who does number two work for? <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly the Brewing Network. That's right. <laughs> right on. So you're Brian, too. It's settled. We don't have to call you Esquire. <laughs> All right. So this, uh, this Katarina Sour. Yeah, again, it, it, I have had more of these on the Brewing Network than I've had other places, but I, I'm nice. I'm happy to see this style um, coming up in popularity because it's a really, yeah. a really cool one. And if you want to follow along with us, you can um, search for BJCP X4, or just search for Katarina Sour if you can spell it. That's, uh, but uh, uh, there's a style guideline for it, and uh, when you're reading along the guideline, it really helps you to understand the beer when you're when you're tasting a new style, a newer style like this. Um, yeah. Uh, they published this in June of 2018, uh, but I think it was just something that that popped up as, uh, boy, it, uh, the history originating in the Brazilian state of Santa Catarina in 2015 as a collaboration between craft brewers and home brewers to create a beer featuring local ingredients that was well suited to the warm climate. And I would say this this beer is definitely suited to that kind of a, a thing, a, you know, a warm, hot, sunny, uh, humid area where you, you could drink a lot of this so uh yeah explore that a little bit there's a lot of information about it and uh it's kind of a fun fun thing that's popped up so uh yeah the the bottle when i opened it had a light hiss uh, a good fill level uh, maybe just a bit high but um the the nose is 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 really nice so it's pleasant bright passion fruit right up front dominating as it, as it should so these styles are just like they're more fruit than malt, honestly. It's, uh, you know, the malt is kind of, uh, you know, not super uh, 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 characterful um, in these beers. And if you get too crazy with the, the specialty malts, it's going to, you know, it's going to hurt it. They're just the fruit stands out and uh, clean lactic sourness behind that. I'm not really getting um, any Brett funkiness here myself. Um, I think that I'm getting just the tropical fruit character gives you a little twist and it's, it's a nice one. Uh, there's no hops as there should not be any, uh, a low clean base kind of light malt 
accenting only and uh, no hop. You know, I already said that. Uh, no DMS, no diacetyl. Uh, very clean and fruity. Uh, it's very pretty. Good clarity. Just touch of touch of haze. Not too much. Uh, low white head. That doesn't doesn't persist. Uh, well, it sticks around for a little while. So I'm able to rouse ahead here. Uh, the beer is a light golden color. There's some some mostly finer bubbles, but a few larger bubbles in there. Uh, Flavor-wise, again, passion fruit. Medium intensity. It's not a, a passion fruit bomb, but it's fresh tasting, and I really like um, the way it's expressing itself there with the low lactic sour quality behind it. Again, like Brian said, it's not a in your face sour bomb it's just uh clean uh low lactic sourness that uh that, that that twists and plays off the fruit and the fruit plays off of it uh very nicely in tandem uh the maltiness is clean light kind of out of the way again uh no no overly uh not overly sour but it, you know yeah it's just working well together it's a balance it's balanced to the fruit character. I wouldn't say it's balanced to the malt or the hops. There's there's no hops. The malt is out of the way. It's balanced to the fruit. And that's for the style, that's where the balance lies. So, um, you know, not heavily towards the fruit. It's not like drinking fruit juice. But uh, you know, I wish our listeners could, uh, could taste this. I, I would encourage them to try, try brewing one of these sometime. And uh, maybe uh, Nate can tell us how he did it. <laughs> uh, Mouthfeel wise, it's medium light bodied. Uh, carbonation is medium low. Not getting any astringency here. No, no warmth. It's just uh, the main component of the mouthfeel that this beer expresses itself with is the refreshing quality. And again, perfect for a hot summer day. Uh, a light acidic bite, uh, but the beer dries off at the end, making you just want another sip. And uh, yeah, really nice mouthfeel. Overall impression, uh, it's a nicely crafted Caterina Sour with plenty of you know, plenty of passion fruit character in the nose. Uh, it seems to be a bit less in the flavor, but still shines nicely. Um, I would say this could benefit from just a bit more carbonation, a little more prickle, and uh, a touch more fruit somehow in the flavor if you could. But, uh, you know, man, sometimes you have to use a lot of fruit to get to that, uh, <laughs> the point in the, the beer where you're getting so much, you know, just the right level of, of uh, root character. But I, I think I actually came up a point too, like Brian did too. Uh, uh, well, you, you came up a few points, maybe Brian, I, w- I went up to a 39 myself as well. So we're matching here. This is a really yeah, we, nice. We're both right about 39. A very nice Man. Katarina Sour. Excellent job. Okay. Very, very good. Uh, Nate, do you want to give us a little recipe action here? Sure. Yeah. Um, so this is my first sour, definitely first Catherine sour. Um, again, I tried brewing this for a competition that didn't happen. So I thought I'd send out to you guys for some evaluation and I really appreciate your feedback. So um, um, from the, the malt bill here, so it's, it was a 10 pound batch and I tried to go for six gallons or, or close to that. So just a little bit of two roll, um, but the bulk of it was a, was Pilsner. And then um, a, a little bit of um, wheat in there as well. So um, that's where you're getting that crisp, crisp flavor from. And again, I, I tried making this a, a fruit forward beer, um, kind of like the style happens. And um, so to get that fruit from a passion fruit, I mean, central Wisconsin here, we don't get those 
<laughs> those uh, types of fruits here very often, and, and certainly not in you know January and February when I brewed this. So I had um, I went through the the I think it's Amaretti um, purees. Mm-hmm. So I, I went with one of those, and and actually, um, so it's kind of experimenting with that, and I think they recommend one to two ounces per gallon. So you know I, I split this batch like I said between um, cranberries, which I had whole cranberries. Um, not a lot of people know, but Wisconsin is very known for cranberries. We've got a lot of cranberry bogs around here. Um, so I did half the batch on cranberries and half the batch on the um, passion fruit here. And it, and I really had a tough time getting the the flavor of the passion fruit out of it. The nose was very apparent, even even at two ounces mm-hmm. in that three gallon batch. It was very floral and very passion fruity in the nose but to really get that flavor I, I had to go pretty high so I went to I think it was even over eight eight ounces in, in um of that that uh, three gallon batch where I think typically they recommend I guess, one to two ounces per gallon but I, I really had a tough time picking up that flavor and I you know I'd add it one or two ounces and I'd give it a few days and I had one or two ounces and I'd give it a few days and and really I, I had a tough time picking up and, and maybe that carbonation helps it a little bit and again, you guys are picking up on on low CO2. And again, I'm I'm bottling these off of a kegerator or a, a keyser, basically I have in my garage. So, you know, again, I, I have that I have this a little higher than I would my normal beers. So if I'm running, you know, 10 or 11 on on my normal beers, I've got this at about a 14 from a serving pressure just to get that a little more CO2 in there to to try to be more realistic with um, the style. And and that's really hard to do trying to bottle off of kegs, but um, you know, I try to do my best yeah. on cap it on foam and kind of making sure the bottles are cold and doing a quick rinse, you know, with the beard and then dumping that and then then filling them. But it's really hard to preserve a lot of that CO2 in there. So I think that's where I'm, I'm falling a little short. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally like this beer and I learned a lot. And using that um, that puree was was nice. But like I said, I, I, I was nervous. That I was going a little heavy handed with it. And, and sometimes I pick up a little more aftertaste, like having a sip you know, one or two minutes afterwards, I can still pick up that passion from the back. I don't think it's too overwhelming, but I was getting a little nervous mm-hmm. that maybe it was a little heavy handed there and, mm-hmm. and not being a little bit sour. So what do you guys think? Is them, it, is it overwhelming? No, not at all. Yeah. I think it's a good level. It, it, it could be even a touch higher. It's not. Yeah. You know, and those, the Amaretti, uh, uh, syrups, you know, some people love them and, and, and other people, you know, as soon as you tell them it's a, it's a syrup, they hate them. Uh, but, you know, you, you might hand it to them and tell them it's fresh fruit and they'd love it. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they do a, a, a pretty good job a lot of times of, of capturing the fruit essence. And um, I don't know how they do it. But, yeah, we had some fun at uh, Homebrew Con last year, my friend Jeff and I. And we were just, uh, we were just uh, taking different things and pouring. Um, what do we have? I think we had some hard seltzer or something and we're you could flavor it with different uh mm. uh things from there and we were just tr- trying with the you know uh uh what was it uh, the grapefruit one and that well you could get we took home a ton of grapefruit syrup and i actually um i saved kind of an otherwise boring um ipa with just some some grapefruit um extract from them i took a bunch of them home and um you know tried tried to get it to the right level and you know i mean sometimes it can be said certain ones might have a kind of a more uh, a candy like essence. You have to be careful using too much in a, in a beer and, and maybe 
It can be used to balance real fruit if you have it uh, with something like passion fruit. If you can't get it in the Midwest in January, uh, this this is all you have to work with. But it did a good job. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pleased. I enjoy it. And I think it's it's tasty. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And that, that was kind of a learning experience with that kettle sour. I kind of did some research online and figured away a few people are doing it and kind of you know, made it, made it my own. That's why I do a lot of recipes to try to make it my own. But um, I've got one of those um, like immersion circulators. And basically it's like a, I think they call them sous vide sometimes for, yeah. for cooking yeah, at, yeah. at a very specific temperature. And that worked out fantastic for this. Oh, great. I'm um, on a five gallon. So yeah, I was able to dial in the temperature and I kind of wanted to go a little longer than what I did, but the night I, I kind of mashed in, I was running out of time and my brew day, mm-hmm. you know, just with, with young kids, it, it kind of crept up on me. So I was looking for more to go like, 36 hours to try to get that souring out of there. And I went up going about 20 hours and then did the boil and then, um, you know, repitched with SO4. But I, I was pretty pleased with how it came out. I mean, it could be a, a touch more sour, but um, I think that passion fruit, just the flavors with that brings a fair amount of sourness to it and, and really balanced yeah. it out, out pretty well. And if they're just a little nervous, maybe went a little heavy, heavy with the flavoring and, and a little bit on the aftertaste. But um, overall, I, I was pretty happy with it for my first hour and, and how it came out. And... Yeah, sounds like you did yeah. great. No, good job, yeah. man. How long did you, uh, how long did you let the, or what, I'm sorry, what temperature did you uh, use and what bugs did you put in there? If you, did, if you already said it, pardon me. No, I didn't. So I did a, I did a wild brew pack from um, Lalamond. I think it was a sour pitch one. So um, okay. I think, I think you can do a lot of beer with that. I just did this small six gallon batch and, and it was more than enough, but I did, I did get that pH down beforehand down to about a 4.4 with some lactic acid. I think that's what they yeah. recommended on the, on the packet there. So mm. I, I went up going, get, trying to get that pH down before. And then, then I pitched that at around a 103. Um, and I set my, that, that emergency circulated at 102. And like I say, let it go for about 20 hours. So um, I want to get down to about a 3.8 pH by the time everything settled out and that's kind of when I went and, and boiled everything off and then repitched the, the SO4, um, one of using a, you know, immersion circular, um, I'm sorry, um, an immersion chiller and got that down about 75 before I pitched that SO4. Um, and then, um, like I said, it only one ounce of hops for this beer. Like you see, you didn't pick up much hops, but, um, this one ounce of hops in there just to give it a little bit of a backbone there. Um, and then I'm splitting the whole batch again, between two beers. So I did this one, this one on the, passion fruit puree and then another one on whole cranberries with just a touch of, of puree just to kind of help pump up that flavor a little bit oh yeah well that's a good way to do it you know you have the fresh fruit and you get the puree uh because you know fresh fruit varies and puree they blend it so it doesn't so you can definitely that's a really good way to add a little bit of extra character for sure yeah good job uh i'm looking forward to tasting that the cranberry one <laughs> yeah, definitely we'll do that on uh that'll be coming up on a future dr homebrew show oh yeah me too oh um all right Nate. well hey we'll let you go man if that's it that's all i got thanks guys appreciate cool. your feedback thanks man cheers thanks See for you hanging bye yeah have a good night guys all right you too man man everyone's staying up oh. late for us i love it all right let's take a quick break we're gonna come back and uh wrap everything up chat a little bit and then we're gone all right so hang on it's dr homebrew we'll be right back Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. 
Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up, you might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. The leader in affordable, high-quality kegerators is here. Introducing Comos, the kegerator designed with serious beer drinkers in mind. It features an all-stainless steel draft tower, a major upgrade over traditional chrome-plated brass towers, and Comos keeps your new tower cold with their air-cooled tower fan, wrapping your beer lines in frigid coolness. Your beer is poured from innovative forward-sealing faucets that don't leak, so they stay cleaner for longer. Dual gas inlets on the rear of the fridge allow you to run both CO2 and nitrogen gas. Serve your beer with CO2, serve your kegged wine, or even cocktails with nitrogen. The digital temperature display has the largest range available, allowing you to use the Comos Kegerator for fermentation if you need to. And now Comos Kegerators ship with duo-tight draft fittings for that click-to-connect assembly we've all dreamed of. Buy direct from ComosDraft.com and receive free shipping on your order. That's K-O-M-O-S-Draft.com. Welcome back, everybody. Dr. Homebrew, thanks for hanging out. We're going to wrap things up here, but before we do, I want to remind you guys that, look, you're not doing anything at home. Now is probably the best time to perfect your package with the Perfect Package 3.0. I don't know if you guys uh, saw what it did there, but I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> it comes with the... It was pretty... I heard what you did. It was thanks, really good. Thanks, man. Uh, it comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, which we've talked about here on this show specifically uh, a few times i have it i love it i use it for the first time uh it does everything that manscape says it does and more uh i i it was great i it's hard to like like uh i don't know extol the virtues of a trimmer because you know what i mean because we just usually think of like oh you're trimming your face and you know it, a trimmer's good if you don't have to run over the same place a couple of times on you know on your on your cheek or your your you know your chin or whatever to get it but the the lawnmower 3.0 does a fantastic job of not slicing your ball sack and uh yeah. personally as a man who has one i appreciate that very much so and you know what yes. nobody wants 70s bush nobody does i mean maybe some people do but uh not all the time no. this gives you the option Brian, because you can choose not to take it all the way down to the roots, if you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. You can still leave a little bit there, uh, and it's great. So the Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Lawnmower 3.0. It comes with a um, the Manscaped Crop Preserver, which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Um, and when you subscribe to the package, you get 
a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower every three months. And so what a lot of people do, I do this personally, um, you know, you can subscribe to these things on Amazon. Like, so we get, it's like, it's all shit that I always fucking forget at the store, like cat food or, um, you know, dishwashing tablets. Yeah. yeah, litter or um, you know laundry d- detergent, right? Sponges, just that kind of dumbass crap. And so um, I, you know, I, I get all that delivered, uh, you know, spaced out three months, is it four months or whatever? Um, so Manscaped is doing the same thing, where you just sign up for this thing, you can take care of your package, you don't have to think about it. That's the beauty of it. It just it just comes to your door every three months, and if you subscribe now for a limited time. You get two free gifts. You get a travel bag, which is almost a $40 value. And wow. you get boxer briefs that are anti-chafing, which I want to try out. Because I'm really a big fan of the briefs that like cradle your package. You know what I mean? Because I just I'm, I don't like it rubbing on my leg, and this is weird, man. But uh, the boxer briefs, boxer briefs in general are the shit. That's the way to go. They're good. Mm. Find the ones that have a, you know. The little support, which it sounds like these do. So check it out. So go to manscaped.com, enter promo code BREWING, and you get 20% off plus free shipping, which is great. I mean, that's a, just a great yeah. code. So check them out. Manscaped.com. They'll take care of your package if you take care of them. Um, yeah, that's kind of it. That's all I got. A lot of people taking care of people and their package. I love it. I love it very much. We love it here on the Brewing Network. Don't forget, guys, if you want more craft beer and homebrew radio, look nowhere else other than the Brewing Network. We have the session, which we're sort of retooling the sessions now because of all this, you know, uh, breweries. A lot of breweries aren't open. So it's, you know, hard to talk about how the market is treating them or whatever because it's treating everyone the same. It's shitty. It's terrible. Unless you're a big brewer that's in like a nationwide Safeway, then you're doing all right. But yeah. for the little guys, you know, it sucks. So, uh, you know, we're, we're retooling the session, trying to figure that out, but we have, uh, tons and tons <laughs> of archives. We have Bruce strong archives. We have Dr. Homebrew archives too. Of course, if you want to check that out. So be sure to hit us up. Um, you can help us out and go to our, uh, homepage, figure out how to donate to us on, uh, PayPal. You can sign up to be a member of the BN army. You can go to our T public site. You can uh, Google or just search for the brewing network on T public. I think it's uh, tpublic.com slash brewing hyphen network hyphen store. And you can buy t-shirts from us, old t-shirts, current new t-shirts, something in the middle for everybody. It's uh, fun stuff. It's a way to keep us going. I mean, there's just like everybody else. There's, there's, we're still actively talking about. It. I don't know how long we can like sustain because everything's so crazy right now. So, um, help us out, please. Yeah, please support Brewing Network. You can also support if you're local here. You can support the Hop Grenade by going down and uh, there. I've seen some really cool, uh, you know, really good beers on their site. Support your local breweries, uh, the ones that you want to keep seeing in existence, and and buy cases you can from them, buy gift cards if you can, um, whatever you can do to support these these people and, and keep them going in this time. Uh, we are going to get through this, and we're going to get back to a new normal, but we don't want to see all these uh, great breweries go by the wayside. Definitely. You can support uh, our friend Crooked Lane 
uh, Teresa over there. You can go to crookedlanebrewing.com, order beer delivered. You can support society, our friend Dougie down there. You can go to their website, whatever it is, and you can get beer delivered. You can support our friend Jamil, and I think you can pick up beer. I don't know if he actually delivers. So if you're in the Bay Area at all and you're working from home or you're furloughed or whatever, you need to get out. Go for a drive. Go up to Fairfield. Pick up some beer. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you can support the 21st Amendment by just, if you get your groceries delivered like we do, ask the Instacart people to pick up some 2 uh, If you go to the grocery store, look for the 2 a Tell them you're still interested yeah. in buying some beer. So uh, there's a, a lot of ways to uh, celebrate and uh, support our people. So um, yeah. check it and out. And also there's, there's yeah, ch- check it all out. But there, there's also some, some fucked up laws on the books too where like, uh, you know, in, in Minnesota, they can sell beer to go, but they can't. Uh, sell cans from their brewery to to put out there, and hmm. you could contact your legislators and and get them to change that shit because it's just not right. You know these it's people right. are trying to make a living, and and they, you know, anything they can do. I think just nationally they should open up nationwide beer and wine, craft beer shipping, and uh, you know, let people have what they yeah. want. You you want to get some heady topper shit, just order it. You know, you want to get something from Wisconsin, order it. And yeah, it should be able to ship. Like California, we're kind of lucky because you can ship beer here, but uh, other places you can't. I agree. States' rights are cool and all, and I appreciate all that. But when it's regulating dumb shit like alcohol, especially like that, like shipping cans of beer across state lines, shouldn't be a hard a hard thing to deal with. You know what I mean? I agree with that. Um, exactly. You know, if there's any silver lining to any of this, maybe it's that. At least in California, uh, California Al- the Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control, California ABC, uh, is letting people uh, uh, letting is relaxed a lot of regulations as far as alcohol delivery, alcohol takeout, uh, and there's never really there, there was never any real reason that you couldn't take like uh, uh, was it like our buddy Matt Sager at Danville Brewing Company loves making the tiki drinks and he went the Trader uh, Trader Vicks got like a few mason jars of cocktails to take home. There was never mm-hmm. there was never a good reason why you shouldn't be able to do that. You can go to the liquor store and buy a bottle of booze. How come you couldn't how come you can't go get a sealed jar and take it home? So hopefully right. some of that stuff will will continue afterwards when the state realizes like you know, it didn't become we didn't all burn the state down because we could get a cocktail delivered to our house. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for too. Sure. They're allowing uh, they're allowing uh, tap rooms to fill growlers, uh, yes. uh, but you know, I, you know, bottle taps in Pleasanton. My my buddy Eric uh, runs that, and I know you know all these restaurants businesses are struggling that sell beer, mm-hmm. and you can't go there and drink a beer anymore. But again, you can buy a gift card from them. You can go get yep. a, a growler filled now. They, of course, it's a new growler. You can't just bring your old shitty growler in there anymore. But right. you know they. They can they can give you their good beers and they've got some great ones, you know. Yep, exactly. Got to keep it going. All right, everybody, we're gonna get out of here. Stay safe, stay home, stay off the beaches, wash your hands, don't cough on each other, and we'll be able to to, to get out and have a beer together um, in no time. So this has been Doctor Homebrew. Thanks a lot. We'll catch you later. Share your toilet paper. <laughs>